0: Louis Bottle Guitar Show starring Louis Bottle himself with Abby Bottle, Mandy Bottle, and the singing
1: bunny after this message. Are you ready? Spirited, spirited. Yeah. Give me indie rock for God's sakes, yeah.
2: Three songs.
1: More like 30 tonight.
2: Sebedev edition.
1: of sorts to feature on the brink of their upcoming
2: Bob Nastanovich, It's episode 89, May 9th, 2019. Sebado edition. (laughs) Sebado. Yeah. Where to start with Sebado? So... I'm going to just take a minute to talk about why I feel like Sebado. I mean, this is Three Songs Podcast. I'm Mike Hogan. You're Bob Nisanovich. What we do is we each bring three songs and of bands that we think the other hasn't heard, and then we talk about them. But here, we're doing something different. We're bringing more than three. Ghost is fired up. Ghost is excited about Sebado.
1: Yeah, you know, Mike, there's a mountain lion roaming the neighborhood. I'm not I'm not kidding about that. yeah. do you need do and we like, want to you know, stop this? No, no, we're on Ghost watch though. So like, okay. Yeah, he basically he's like a giant Oreo cookie to a mountain lion. well, of course. and I'm not kidding there is there is a mountain lion who has been spotted like a mile away from here.
2: We have a uh, so, you know, if
1: I break up the podcast is to like throw myself over a wild animal attacking the dog okay. and that will be on the show. Let's hope it doesn't happen.
2: Well, there's a lot going on tonight. But anyway, Sebado yeah Sebado is a band, I think, you know, we've done this a few times. We did this with the Minutemen. We did this with Chris Knox. Uh, I think Sebado is important enough, at least in my musical payment. journey. Pavement. We did it with Pavement. Of course, we did it with Pavement. Um, you know, Pavement. Silver
1: I, Jews, to an extent. To an
2: extent with Silver Jews. Yeah. Um, you know, Sebado is a band uh, in my musical, uh, I guess, journey. Wow. Um, they're as important to me as those other... As those other bands, and I felt like they were deserving of a larger feature, and uh, I think you you agreed, and so we're we're gonna th- we're gonna throw probably about ten to fifteen songs at you guys, and they're short, but um, we're gonna you know talk about why. And for me, what changed for me with Sebado is there's always been artists that have recorded. in in their home, you know, you get four-track, four-track recordings uh, go back to the 50s. Uh, But what was different for me, just like, I guess, they're as important to me in 80s music as rap is, in a way, because the analogy I'll use is two turntables and a microphone that's when you realized DJs could be a band, like like Chuck D says. Two guys and a four track, that's when you realized two guys could be a band with Sebado. And it wasn't, we're just gonna lay this down and wait until we go into the studio and then do it for real. It was like, this was the art in and of itself. And in some cases, it was beautiful songs in some cases, it was completely weird. In other cases, it was the same. Those two things within the same minute and a half. And
1: oh, it it's definitely a lot of punk, definitely a lot of folk, oh, definitely a lot of biting sarcasm, definitely a lot of humor, definitely a lot of like uh, painful heartbreak
2: and honesty. Um, For me, that that was the that was the surprising thing was the honesty of a lot of the lyrics. I wasn't hearing things like. I might be homosexual in any other bands from the eighties. I wasn't hearing things about like well
1: eighties, but they really are a nineties band, but then they still exist today. I mean they, that's they, they true. you know keep in that's mind true. one thing we really do have to talk about here real quick is that Sabato, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, despite the incredible contributions of co founding member Eric Affne. And, of course, Jason Lowenstein, who's been in the band forever. Right. You know, not to mention Bob Fay, mm-hmm. Bob D'Amico, Russ Pollard. Um, everybody's made a contribution. Everybody's a songwriter. Okay, in the band. Okay. But, you know, Lou Barlow, it really is, you know, he's like, he's an incredibly prolific songwriter. Like, a, like sure. relentless songwriter, as is Jake. Right. Um These are guys that are always, like... Their idea... I mean, I, I don't know Lou as well. I live with Jason. Like, he'd rather be in his room making up songs. And I I, I'm, I still think to this day, I'm pretty sure to this day, you know, um, you know, instead of watching TV, he's, like, making songs with a four-track in his bedroom. That's what he does. And, like, you right. know... And that's the Sebado spirit, is, like, right. constantly making songs. And... And Lou, of course, you know, famously, he's only a year older than me, okay? Mm -hmm. And Lou was a big part of, you know, my life in the mid-'80s because of Dinosaur, he was in Dinosaur Jr.
2: And before that, he he was in Deep deep Wound. you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, when I'm talking, it's like a kid. Like, you know, he's a kid. Like, he was a kid, total, I think he was, like, 16, 17, when, like, the first Dinosaur Jr. record got made. Yep. Repulsion and all that. And, like, his relationship with Jay Mascus was obviously a very complicated and difficult one you know although i think they're they're doing pretty well now as far as i know right um uh and you know dinosaur ended you know because of it right at least his at least at least Lou's participation in it yeah like lou really was like murph's a great drummer and a great guy but like lou um was definitely like the clear number two and like a very Powerful three three piece band that made some fantastic records. I mean, dinosaur, Absolutely. dinosaur, and dinosaur junior, amazing amazing records. The early days with Lou, I mean, you're living all over me, you know. Bug, right. and those The first album, they're incredible. And then like, so now like, you know, Lou's essentially I think been kicked out of the band, and he's you know, this 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 is all this is very this is like his western. This is the folk music of Western Mass. I mean, this yeah. is like. It, you know, this is Western Mass. Yeah. Okay. Like to me, like yeah. You know, the well, and I've spent some time there, and um. But anyways, let's play some music.
2: Let's play some music. So, th- th- what I wanted to say was, you know, Lou started in Deep Wound with J Maskus, total hardcore band, yeah, uh, absolute total, hard, yeah. hardcore, you know, punk rock, and then teenage
1: punk rock band, just yeah, a classic teenage. Yeah, a good one. Very it's classic yeah. teenage punk rock. Yeah,
2: very fast hardcore. But then he moves to dinosaur, which is you know pretty still pretty noisy, but a little <sighs> bit more traditional rock. And then on, you're living all over me. It's the first hint of the tape. You know that song Paleto, was kind of the first hint. But, yeah. But Lou, I think always, it was always it was all hardcore to him. It was still hardcore and. And that's why I love this. The first song I'm going to play is True Hardcore, because because this is this is almost Lou's manifesto in a way. Uh, Hardcore is for him is not the speed of the song, but it's about the spirit of the song. And uh, and notice that at the end he gets a little dig in. I think this is a dig at uh, at Jay. But
1: um, oh, real quick, real quick. Okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna we can double bubble it because I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to play one off the same record, The Freed Man, right. I Love Me. Okay. So you can double bubble these two songs and then we'll then we'll talk about this real quick. But The Freed Man, I always assumed that it was like, you know, the title basically meant I'm free from from Dinosaur. Yeah. Or like, you know, now I've been cut loose or I'm, I'm the Freed Man. Like when I, when I bought the record in 1989, that's what I thought, you know. But like <clears throat> what I realized today when I was doing more research on it is Lou and his buddy Eric Afney is messing around, writing songs all the time to entertain themselves? Living in Western Mass, they were living in something called the Freedman Comple- Complex Apartments, <laughs> which was at Smith College in the uh, in a, with their girlfriends. They're not even supposed to be in there. It's right? A woman, it's a woman's dormitory at Smith College, and they're you know I guess kind of hiding out and living with their girlfriends. And uh, that's why it's called the Freedman, because it's Freedman Complex. So I mean, like, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I just always like, it's kind of a funny twist. I yeah. always assumed it's like, I'm free from, you know, the binds of dinosaur. Now I can just be Lou Barlow. I don't have to deal with, like, Jay's opinions anymore. You right. know what I mean? Right. That's what I, you know, that that was my take on it. It's like, at the time only ever seeing, like, dinosaur a half dozen times and, like, you know, traveling six hours to see him from Charlottesville to New York and stuff like that. But I was like, you know, now we have like a whole new thing and like Lou's back and Lou's got his own thing now. Let's hope it's good. And like, here we go, it was good. So you yeah. play let's play some let's play yeah. some songs off the freedman.
2: True hardcore into Bob's pick, I love me. This yeah. is a complete ripoff of every other song.
0: <sighs> True hardcore is hard to find, takes the peaceful, selfish kind to realize.
2: So much going on in that minute or two and a half minutes of those two songs there. Uh, but like, I think that those two songs together, what is that? Uh, two hundred and fifty seconds of Sebado kind of encapsulates exactly what I think of them as a band. And I think back then, even though it was just the two of them and even though it was just Eric and, and Lou, mostly lose songs i think that was very much a a a band and you'd have these beautiful beautiful passages like that bridge in true hardcore is just exquisite and then right after it there's this like squeal it's like it's it's the the track is is taken down by this squeal of feedback or something that they just leave in uh it, it's the beauty and the noise, and it's all together, and it's it's all intentional, even the mistakes, uh, and that's one of the things that I think really drew me to Sebado back then, and then they follow it up later on the album with a song like I Love Me, just something so silly and something so straightforward and noisy, uh, but it all fits, it all works. It's like part of the ethos. That is early Sebado.
1: Yeah, when I'm, like I, I don't think the mistakes um, were intentional. I think the mistakes were lucky accidents, and I think
2: well, sure, sure. But it was my point is, but,
1: and I think also like it's it, part it of the song, been, like, very int- yeah, yeah, totally. Well, no, it makes the song great. Right. Like, they don't uh, go
2: back and like, oh, we have to fix that next time without it. No, nah, like, there's
1: no fixing in yeah. music like that. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why the songs like, um. Because especially like I Love Me, I think like, you know, that would have obviously been kind of like a pop punk song if it was recorded like in like a just a 16 track studio or something. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm thinking like that whole album, like maybe because they're recording it like surreptitiously in a a dorm room that they had to be like really quiet and conscious of how loud they were. Mm -hmm. And maybe that kind of like helped the music be like distinct, you know, like I mean, like for sure. Looking back on things, like, I mean, and, uh, keep in mind, it's like you know, whatever, two dudes like playing music. But, anyways, where are we going to go next?
2: Oh boy, we could go. We could go any number of places. I think. I think maybe we'll go. Um, we'll go to the asshole EP because one of my favorite things from Sebado was, I think, one of their earliest seven inches. You know, they released um, Reed in as a tape in '87, and didn't didn't get. Vinyl until after the Freedman came out. Yeah, uh, but uh, the asshole EP—that was one of the first things I bought, and I just—I just loved the feel of it. And um, I'm not sure which one I'm gonna play. I think maybe I'll play Hung Up because partly because it does kind of nod back to Dinosaur. It nods back to Jay. It, no- it nods back to that song Why. Why on bug?
1: Yeah, why don't you like
2: me? Yeah, yeah. where where it's just like screaming noise going. That's why? pure Lou. That's why pure don't Lou. you like me? But this is his, this is his um, Sebado version, where where he kind of does the nod back at the end of this song, uh. And I just love the build. I love the the layers, even on a four track, even um, just two guys. Um, you can tell that they were doing some stuff to make it more than just um, let, Let's put down what we're recording in real time. The, the, you know I, I, There's there's some subtlety to the recording that that I just loved uh, So here you go hung up from from the Asshole EP
0: 1990 Use the power as you will Take me in or leave me you No, know, I never had a clue I never dared to bother you I never cared to know I won't wait for justice Justice doesn't burn I don't expect respect, I know you to come up to here. I only want it dead in my mind I Wash it from my mind
2: just a song that I don't think could have been improved upon if they'd gone into a studio and recorded it for real.
1: Well, I think that's the case with a lot of songs by a lot of bands. I think there's a lot of bands in the history of rock and roll, certainly in the last 25 years, that if they'd kind of done things very simply and basically, then things would be a lot better. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, how many, like, how many great bands have you seen live in your life? And then you, I mean, we've right. talked about that many times. Right. Like, just like, you know, Right. They worry so much about getting it right, like the aesthetic. The aesthetic is like getting the point of the song across, you know? Like, And Lou's always been one for, like, uh, manifestos. Um, We're not going to play – I don't think on this show we're going to play the the classic song Give Me Indie Rock, which is, you know, essentially, like, this, like, very, like, proud, you know, like – you know, it's just like a love song about, like, a genre, essentially. You know, it's like one of the, like, you know –
2: we can we can talk but, uh, about we can talk about that because I, while I don't disagree, I think at the time I kind of considered that song somewhat sarcastic too.
1: Well, it was sarcastic, but at the same time, like he basically, you know, he knew that's what he was.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it was in in so much of I think his his approach. So much of it was self mocking. Uh, and, and that's
1: it. well, yeah, that's that, yeah.
2: So it was both celebratory and mocking at the same time, which, um, which is unique. I mean, I can't think of, of many other artists that were that open about themselves and that egoless, uh, or seemingly the extremely ego-less. personal, yeah,
1: extremely personal, like hard on sleeve kind of music. Uh, um, you know, Lou, in a lot of ways, like you know, has been pigeonholed and under celebrated in a lot of ways is an indie rock songwriter or, you know, punk rock songwriter or an alternative rock songwriter. What he really is, is just like he's just a great rock songwriter, isn't he? I yeah. mean like oh yeah. At the end of the day. So but um so in fact so uh, just to stick to my point, I think we're gonna go to Centrodo, which was actually a side project of Sebado. Like is as, as if Sebado like needed a side project at that <laughs> point. Lou just he's just like so busy. He's like okay like I... I can't. I can't. Eric's not answering my calls. Like, I, you know, I'm gonna like. I've got these songs now, and we can't officially call them Subito. So we're gonna call them Centurdo. And interestingly, uh, I didn't know. I don't know what his, his association was with Steve Shelley. Whether he's just like an early Subado fan it would not surprise me. Right. And Shelley's like always been a man about town. He goes and sees a lot of bands, and uh, he had a little label. Uh, not. Did. Dissimilar from ours, called right. "Smells Like Records." Yeah. Okay, in fact, I'd like to announce that the new Post Pink seven-inch EP is available on my label Broker's Tip, mm. and of course, you you, you featured Sebado um, on your label, Little Brother. I, I did.
2: Well, so so and we'll
1: get to that later on the show. We, we're going to play "Central to Loser Core" because this is like to me, it's like uh, I think it's I think it's like a you know I think it's Lou considered this like you know one of one of the one of his shining moments. Yeah, and
2: this is this is kind of his manifesto. I agree. It's even more so than give me indie rock. This oh, is oh, definitely.
1: Yeah, no, no. Give me indie rock is tongue in cheek, yeah. like you're saying.
2: This is his true. This is what his he felt his music was. It was loser core. Uh, yeah. So here you go, Centurio.
1: I think he called that like um. We give a lot of credit to Shelley there, which is amazing because like of course the first three Sobido albums uh, Gerard put out on Homestead. Yep. But uh, he was very complimentary of uh, Shelley for making sure it looked and sounded great. It is a beautiful little seven inch.
2: And and um, so so I actually the the what I put out on my label Little Brother Records was uh was a seven inch by it and and so I contacted Lou and asked if he wanted to do a record and I was unclear as to what the difference between Sebado and Centrado was and he kind of cleared it up for me. Sebado was him was was the band Sebado was him and Eric and then later uh, Jason joined and then later Eric left and Bob Faye joined. So that was the band. Centrado was just Lou solo and he later I think went was fine going by Lou Barlow but I think at the time he was still, a little too, I don't know if it was shy or awkward or just didn't feel right going, you know, it was like Joni Mitchell is goes by her name, James Taylor, Neil Young. Like he kind of felt like he had to have this facade of it being a band. And so the Centrido stuff well, is. Well, I mean, like, I is, think that
1: I've experienced that with like, you know, my best, you know. Two songwriting friends, and like right. only right now, like right. is Stephen Malkmus playing shows called Stephen Malkmus because right. he's doing like the solo thing. Exactly. So, so, so that was even like a, that, that was essentially was just loose solo. SM. So yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So, why don't you play one of those because it's the same era? Or what? What, it, what year did you put out your *Censored* no seven inch? Uh,
2: I put it out ninety three. Um, so came a little bit later. Uh, okay,
1: think, so we'll get we'll get to that we'll, later we'll, on. We'll, we'll get to that. Let's go. Um Yeah. Well. Go ahead. Do you want to play the next one?
2: Um. Well, why don't you? Um,
1: uh, Okay, I'll go to Sebadoh three.
2: Okay, that's where I was going to go too. A, so we'll 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 maybe double it.
1: Yeah, I mean, how many songs are on this thing? A lot. <laughs> when, and and yeah, that's the thing about the you know Sub-03, Like, there's a lot of music to di- digest. Like they threw, um, you know, it's interesting. A lot of the bands they. They've been compared to, including you know the band I was in, Pavement. Like, I, mean, I don't know how many Pavement songs we made that were officially recorded, but like, they've got like five times as many. They threw, they threw so many darts at the board, but it's not, that's not even how they did it. They're just like relentlessly prolific. Like, uh, right?
2: It's kind of like the Minutemen in that way. way.
1: <clears throat> kind of like the Minutemen. Kind of like the Minutemen. Who knows? Like, I mean, of course, the Minutemen ended sadly. As we've discussed before, this era of like basement tapes and like um, you know putting out everything you have and like mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. and I don't even know if like Watt has any of that under his lid. Uh, maybe maybe everything the Men ever ever have done is you know we've heard. Um, but who knows? For the
2: for the most part, I think I think that's true. Um, mm. But yeah, they, and then, like you think g-
1: of bands like you know Frog. Like you had thousands of songs and like only released like maybe eighty. And right. you think of like you know bands like Centrodocebudo, you know the full complosion um, You know, God knows how many songs like you know never made the cut because like when <laughs> when you have like hundreds of songs that have been released, you know some of them didn't make the cut for various reasons. You know, but uh, anyways, I'm gonna play Renaissance man off their third album their last on uh homestead and uh, this is my favorite song on an incredibly great long album it's called renaissance man
2: That is a great song. Uh,
1: A lot of insults.
2: (laughs) It it really, really is. I'm going to follow it straight up with another song from that same record. This is an Eric one. Then we'll talk about them both. This is Violet Execution. Cool. Let's talk about those two songs a little bit.
1: Well, I can tell for one thing that they definitely moved into a studio.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, and and three. Yeah, they
1: moved into a studio at this point. Right, three, three. So Boston, right,
2: right. Renaissance Man is um, not really so. It's kind of more of the four-track feel, and there's still definitely some four-track songs on Three. But then there were certainly some band full band studio songs we played one of them on a early pod i think on episode nine we played freed pig um yeah great but, song but yeah this was where they started kind of transitioning into more than just two guys in a four track um yeah
1: well i think they i think they i think they made like 30 30 so, 30 <laughs> songs in a studio for about a thousand bucks so i think it was so I think they were well-prepared. I think they I think they knew the songs. They went in there they had a certain amount of time, and they banged out 30 songs, 703.
2: Ford Apache, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the one, yeah. Yeah. And, um... And, um
2: but talk about Renaissance Man for a minute, and then I'll talk about why I played Violet Execution.
1: Well, not much to say about Renaissance Man. You heard it. I just, I just love the song.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just... Uh, the imagery, you know, don't give up, kill the pig. Like, yeah. Like, like it's, um, you know, a lot of Lou's lyrics tend to be very sweet and sentimental, and that one um, kind of a little less so, uh, extremely
1: less so. Yeah, um, well, he would have pulled, like, a, he would have played on the uh, back porch here last summer. Right. A solo show, like, 50 or 60 Des Moines. That's right. Uh, I don't know if that's what they call them, but, like... Um, and he just, you know, he played for like an hour and fifteen minutes, very quietly on the, on the back porch here, and and um. It was a tremendous experience, but I, I couldn't really hear it. It was very quiet. I'm deaf, and I was like making sure, like you know, I had to deal with like the I was a dorm man or whatever. Yeah. And uh, but I always I always kind of preferred um. His like harsher, you know, biting. Biting side, right? And I'm still, I'm still, still, I'm sure it's still in him. Uh, but he was very sweet and sentimental that night, so it's like you know, and he's very good at that,
2: right? So. Right, right. Well, and and Violet Execution, I think, is just a a really good representation of what Eric did really well, which is he would write some really, really beautiful songs. I mean, that song is is a is a really nice song. At the same time, the imagery is pretty odd and weird. And even in the middle of it, he kind of, you know, even though it's a, it's a pretty straightforward and relatively catchy song, he does this thing with his voice where he almost gets like cookie monster, you know, hardcore, and then comes back to uh, just the normal rhythm of the, of the music. Um, But there are some lines in that song that I think just Strangely, I find popping into my head, particularly the last like couplet. Last <laughs> yeah. bitch hit the switch. I don't give a hoot. And
1: um, yeah, and then <laughs> actually, it's kind of like a like a bit of like a kind of um, whimsical, like a uh, southern feel to it.
2: Totally, totally. And then, yeah. and then the last line of the song, like vomit overflowing, as a charge in pursuit. You know, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm
1: just, you know, <laughs> like, what are the flat out. like this? But Eric, like I, you know, I knew Eric briefly. I played a, a couple shows with him in Germany in '92, and um, I always had a good time with him. But he's he's a man of few words, yeah. you know, and he's a a man of uh, with uh, tremendous uh, facial expressions. He's he's a good listener, but uh, he, he's one of those people who don't really think he's actually listening to anything you're saying, or just taking in bits like. He was more interested in like uh, girls. Yeah. So like t- compared to all the rest of us, like uh, you know, because we were on tour with Sonic Youth, it was, pavement, uh, or Sonic Youth, pavement, Subido, and um,
2: what is, it was, a triple bill! It was that. Fun being <laughs>
1: back there. Yeah. Um, it was a challenger, but uh, Eric was terrific to to be around because he was. I think he was the only person on the tour that like. You know, we're in Germany, and he was, like, you know, kind of prioritizing, like, um you know, the fact that he was single, and and he wanted to, like, talk to girls. He didn't <laughs> want to talk to any of us losers.
2: <laughs> well, it's funny. Yeah. I never met—I I, I met Lou a um, couple times, you know, obviously put out that one single. Uh, never met Eric. To me, Eric was always the mystery man. Um,
1: oh, totally. I mean, you got, you completely got him right. Like, he's, like— um who knows what he was thinking? All I, all, I can really tell you from like you know, the brief experiences I had around him is that is is that, that that's the way he wanted to present himself. You know, well, yeah. He he just yeah you know, he he was he's a far out dude.
2: Both in his that's music, yeah. you know, because the music yeah, his like, music
1: very much so. Is, and then we're, I think we will get into the era in which he kind of like kind of left the band,
2: right? It's, it's kind um, of obtuse and and then yeah at the, at the kind of at the peak or or as they were climbing to what could have been you know an early 90s post Nirvana um you know success he just took off you know he dropped out uh and so that was always intriguing
1: um well it's just like you know who knows why right you know, like right I so, mean I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not going to get down to pins and needles about, about it because I don't really know the true story. But on that album, Jason Lowenstein joined the band, Sub at 03. Right. And I think you can definitely hear his bass on, on the last track he played. And um, you know, then he became like a, a huge part of the band. He almost like, uh, certainly filled Eric's shoes. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also contributed with some great songs. And I'm going to play one. Okay. Okay. Uh, then I guess we're gonna uh, we're gonna move on. Sub Pop records. I think they made three or four records on Sub Pop, and uh, this is off of uh, Bubble and Scrape. And it's uh, this is uh, one of Jason's earliest Subito songs. Uh, it's called Sister. What?
0: I know you too well I knew I was falling But I didn't know how low I fell Sister, oh sister Who told you these lies I haven't got time To teach you what it should be like To pull you from this child I'm all yours And I wish that I was dead The words were not your own It was something your mother said A political of bloodline Mind control parts are riding checks Sister, oh sister, I thought it'd be nice they I felt when we first met Just will not suffice in eyes. I love you sister I run like you call the sun I've got no sister But I cannot pretend It's hard to believe this blood. This isn't her But your old sister your are so fish, you not you so wise Judgmental fish in from the blindest eye A lot of you defy
2: Jason, Jason brought the rock into the band,
1: didn't he? But Jason loves to rock. Yeah. He likes to rock. He's a rocker. He, he grew up, um, I think, in Northampton. And um, one interesting thing about him is he, it, that I assume that song's about his sister, Samra, um, but I don't really know a tribute of sorts. But um, <laughs> he, and I live with him, <laughs> I... Uh, I mean, I didn't live with him very long, but he's 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 always been the most affable, approachable member of Sebodeau. Um He's just a great guy. Yeah, and he's yeah. he's just yeah. a great he's just a great, great guy. Yeah, and he's just got a great spirit and a great attitude. And um, and again, like Lou, just like just write songs, right. you know. Yeah, and uh, he came there like I was real happy to have him there because he was also kind of an outsider in louisville the very insular scene and um and i've always gotten along with him extremely well and uh he had i think he still does maybe i hope so he has a he had a pot-bellied pig he moved in he left our house moved in with a woman who eventually married i'm not sure if they're still married then he moved to brooklyn i don't really know but um but uh just a great character I think I'm going to play another of his. Oh, yeah? Cool. Yeah, uh, you're, you're next. You're okay,
2: next. well, I'm... So, you know, he joined the band, um, obviously, for the first album, what was, was their third album, 703, but he joined the band primarily once they needed to go on tour. Um, so I think he even... Play- well, I know the
1: feeling, because that's, you know, when I joined Pavement, yeah. so.
2: Yeah, because it's, it's Although similar. Jason's
1: contribution was far more valuable. <laughs> but but it, yeah. at the same time, like, uh, you know, Jason's like an interesting story, because like his, um, uh, his actual mother uh, lived like uh, a mile from, uh, he was raised by his, his, um, his aunt, his mother's sister. Yeah. And, um, I remember, like, uh, he, he started, so he starts dating this, this woman in Louisville, and he comes home one night, and I was like, How was your night? And he said, Well, he said, It was really weird. I, I had my first salad. And I was like, What do you, what do you mean you had your first salad? He's like, No, nah, I went to Denny's, and I had a salad. And and I said, Well, how was that for you? You know, I'm, I'm thinking, like, a Denny's salad is a weird place to start your salad life. And, and uh, he said I, he really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. <laughs> and I was like t- a bit taken aback because like he's a few years younger than me, and we're talking this is like ninety three or something. So he's like twenty three, and he's like h- like had his first salad, and it's like he's like I, I like salads. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: Good story, Bob. He's, like, a,
1: he was like a he was like a gin and juice guy.
2: <laughs> you know, That's like funny.
1: He was like I remember he would actually drink that like uh, gin and juice that mixture, right? You know, the Snoop Dogg drink? Sure, of course. And, like, you know, he'd eat hamburgers off the grill and stuff like that. But he was, like, so meat and potatoes. And, like, having a salad at Denny's was, like, an enlightening experience <laughs> for him, which I thought was fantastic. Now, of course, he's, like, you know, very worldly, I presume. He's right. been in Brooklyn for, you know, and just toured the world many times. Right. But uh, I'll never forget that moment because I was, like, sitting there, like, you know, with my mind a bit blunt. You know, (laughs) maybe I realized, like, you know, what a suburban brat I was, and like, you know, what a proper, like, you know, lower middle class, like, Western mass kid he was, you know, Uh, yeah, or he is, he is, you know, and I'm still a suburban brat, although I lived in Des Moines, but, but whatever,
2: whatever. Um, yeah, so, so he. You know, he joined the band partly for them to tour and play songs like this. So I'm going to play one from.
1: Well, They're lucky to find him. They were very they were. lucky to find him.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm going to play one from Weed Forest, and I'm going to go back. You're you're going. You're moving forward, but I'm moving back in in the history. Um, and this is this is an earlier one, but it's kind of a full band four track song uh, that sort of hints at what they would later become with with. Jason in the band and kind of filling out with bass and getting a a bigger sound Um, But even back then I just liked that they they were able to do this. They weren't just Lou with his pretty little songs Um, This one's ride the darker wave. I know you know this one classic. Oh, yeah Weirdness. The weirdness is part of the art.
1: But don't you think, like, um, in a lot of ways, like the, um, the primitive recording method makes it sound in a lot of ways like the same way when you listen to like, even like pre nineteen fifties like Delta blues. So like,
2: sure. Oh, absolutely. absolutely.
1: Yeah, which is actually like a significant. And keep in mind, like one thing I really love about Sebado is the lack of perfection on the drums. Yeah. I mean the fact like you know you're allowed to make mistakes on drums so many so many drummers are so concerned with like extreme accuracy human metronome and like yeah yeah that whole that whole click tracks and like right. you know all that shit and like the drums are just there to like you know provide a backbeat but that's you yeah, <laughs> know that's beside the point but like you know the the thick of the song, the mood of the song is really more important than perfection. I think that's like one thing that Sebado always Ab- got right, even even absolutely. when they continued to tighten up.
2: Right, absolutely. And,
1: and if you saw them live, the first time I ever really I saw them live is we played with them with the Buffalo Tom mm-hmm. in early '92. It, I think the place is called the Cattle Club in Sacramento. Yeah. I and saw B- that Buffalo tour. Tom. We're like, I didn't see like Pavement, post.
2: but I saw that tour, San Francisco Slims.
1: Yeah, you might have saw the night before the night after, and, and um, but you know Buffalo Tom are like definitely like riding dinosaurs coattails, and they were like very polished. They were the headliner.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we had Gary. We were a complete mess, and and like Sebado and Pavement were just like a study in accidents,
2: right. I mean, like,
1: like there's nothing perfect. We could only play 12 songs. God knows somebody they could play. They could probably play three times as many, but, like, I watched them, and then we played, and, like, in comparison, the lack of professionalism of, you know, in the traditional sense was apparent with the first two bands, and the third band comes on, they're really tight. But, like, in the end, like, you know, the emotion and the the thick of the songs especially in Sebado's case on the in this particular evening was just so apparent like they were it just comes off yeah. as a, it always came off as a, like very um i can't think of the right adjective but authentic it just uh yeah just like you know who cares about getting everything right like these right. are you know these are so- these you know the songs are about the emotion and the vibe and like, that's tonight's version.
2: Right, and, you know. and I think that's what, that's exactly what I was trying to say earlier in the show when I was saying these songs, even though they're four-track, even though they're recorded in a dorm room, are fully formed. Um, it's not like they were demos that later, oh, we'll go into the studio and make them right. You know, it's they were fine little works of art on their own.
1: Well, some songs are like better if they're made right and some some songs are better like left sort of like you know kind of like wing it yeah and, and that's our opinion now yeah. a lot of people like can't listen to music like that because it just sounds like shit to them sure. Do you know what i mean like yeah. they just think like a lot of people think of like music and they think like if it doesn't sound like you know somewhat polished or finished and it's just like a sketch or a skeleton of a song and i think. You know, Sebado like, you know, one of their you know, band. You know, Sebado. The the name of the band derives from like something that it's a made up word that like Lou would you know have in his head. Right. You know, right. I think it's like a you know a fairly anxiety ridden person, and um, so I mean it's just like it's a study in brilliant accidents. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. Even when they tightened up, even when they tightened up, no, but uh, why don't you play the uh little brother? Play one of the little brother sensor songs songs, yeah. Cool.
2: So, so if you've never heard any of these songs, these were, I'll be, I'll just play the first one because it, it's they're different, you know. Um, a lot of the songs that we've been playing from Lou are pretty, even the ones yeah. where he talks about, even the, like, even the ones with ugly lyrics, right? Yeah. Exactly. But um, but this single was really pretty noisy. It was a bit of a departure. Even when I first got it, I was like, well, this is not what I was expecting. But uh, I really like... Is this
1: before or after their contribution to your Minuteman compilation?
2: This was before. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which which we played... Um, I think we played, right? Did we play? Maybe we didn't play. We played the theme, the theme song. Um, I don't know if we, if we want. We could play... It's just Lou. Um, Lou's version of Black Sheep. Very short, but... Um, but no, yeah. this was before. play it back
1: that. to back, play, 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 double bubble, little brother, uh, Lou Barlow. Uh-huh.
2: Okay, I will. This <laughs> was, um, this was the from the the first song on. Um, it was it's what uh, the mysterious Centrido EP. Uh, this is called the Good in Others. Uh, it's a noisy one. Here you go.
0: Look for the good in others
3: Look for the good in others And they'll find something wrong with you Something they can
0: lose or a bottomless pit Find your strength and kindness And we'll find weakness in you People scared Scared to lose their souls Scared to lose control Giving hope of billion soul To selfish propositions
2: Covering the minimum in there.
1: That was a cool take. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like like only Lou can, really.
2: Right. Right. And, you know, that other song, Good and Others, it's, um, it's kind of confrontational. Yeah,
1: that's a good one. Oh, I like that. <laughs> well, you should always look for the good and others. Yeah. Yeah, but, but what he's saying bits. is. Yeah, despite me, the other piece. He's, he's flipping it on its head, right? It Sounds like a guy on the verge of a bit of a nervous breakdown, l- but, like, you know. A little
2: bit. A little
1: bit. Maybe not. Maybe. Like a, you know, that's the thing. Is like you know, maybe like you know, having thoughts like that and like making a song makes you feel better. Exactly. I'm not a songwriter. I,
2: I always, I always saw some of this stuff, some of this extremely con, uh, con, confessional. That's the word I'm looking for. Confessional stuff from Lou in particular, uh, and there are some other artists like this too. But like it's, it's almost music is therapy in some ways. Like this is him processing some of the angst and bitterness and. And putting it out in a positive way instead of having it manifest itself in a much more negative way.
1: Oh, I think very much. I think that's like uh, I don't know if that's completely accurate, but like that's what like you know two fans would like to think.
2: (laughs) That's what I'm got. It's the best I got, so I'm going with it. Uh, (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. We're we're trying to psychoanalyze the guy. Right, right.
2: We're just like. And I'd
1: be I'd be remiss to not mention like uh, one key character. Uh, throughout the whole Subido experience, or a huge chunk of it, uh, was a guy named Mike Flood, who was their roadie.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: And a fan, just a fantastic character, a real wild man. Yeah. And like, uh, he was like actually kind of provided like a focal point of concern as far as I could tell. He was just like a real fun lover and a really emotional guy, and he was always around. So when you when you dealt with Subido, you dealt with Flood, Mike Flood, right. and then of course. Uh, their tour manager for many tours during the, during the nineties years was a dear friend of mine, Deb Pastor. tour managed pavement as well. And she was in the thick of it too. So it's like, you know, she'd be banding about with a bunch of dudes, you know, whether it be seven or pavement and like, she was so good, such a good tour manager. So, I mean, you know, so they're on tour with like people like flood and pastor. I'm assuming they're all right well speaking of you know, flood
2: do we want to play the song from bubble and scrape it's a jason song right it's kind of his tribute to, to to flood
1: yeah yeah i mean flood like I remember flood one time was staying in my house and he went to do dishes there weren't that many dishes we didn't have a dishwasher and i think he was kind of hammered or I'm sure he was and like somehow he like severely cut his hand on a glass oh I remember like I mean, it was bad it was a bad cut but that was like classic flood he just like he kind of didn't even care, and it was not even really talked about the next day. It was like <laughs> it was just like fine, like just like move on with it, kind of guy. Like, I hope right, he's man. all right. I'd like to see him. He's hey. just a great character. Yeah,
2: I think I met him once or twice, and I kind of got the same feeling. Like him and Jason, <laughs> yeah. they were they were the ones that um, you know they were immediately your friends. And um,
1: oh, merry pranksters, just yeah. so forward. Like yeah. they were there, like easy to deal with. Have have a good time. This is rock and. Oh, boys, come yeah. on.
2: Yeah, here yeah. you go. So this is Flood. This is the song about him from Bubble and Scrape. Here you go. It's short. Yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy. A 40 ounce.
3: The boring cat comes out to pounce. I'm cat the toy out control.
0: The night cat goes within my soul. Yeah, all right. Gonna ride in the flood tonight. Yeah. We're gonna ride with the flood tonight The girls, the bars, we're smoking joints in the car A hundred miles an hour through the meadows I'm stuck jumping drunk to the get-go Yeah, alright, we're gonna ride with the flood tonight Yeah, alright, we're gonna uncap the flood tonight I see.
3: Because I don't feel a thing Except all
0: the joy in the world Come on, get in the car, let's go Yeah, alright Gonna ride with the flood tonight Yeah, alright I'm stumped and drunk from the get-go Ow! Stumped up and drunk, will let go Yeah
2: Uh, that's a party song right there. Right? <laughs> I
1: think. I think <laughs> that's Mike. Mike was a partier, I think. I mean, I, I don't. Maybe he still is. I, that's he, you know he liked it hard and fast. He didn't want. He didn't want the boring stuff.
2: That that's like the indie rock version of the boys are back in town. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a bit of a reach, but I'll go with it. Uh, let's move on to bake sale. Okay. Uh, this, I guess, is what is this, like the fifth or sixth sub? But the fifth, it's, a, it's also fifth. on sub-pop. I think it's yeah. their fifth record. Yep.
2: Came out and after uh, Bubble and Scrape. Was it 19? And this is the, officially
1: the end of the Gaffney era.
2: Yep.
1: I think he started the record and quit. And then they brought in Bob Fay, who's still, you know, go see this band tonight. They're probably playing tonight somewhere. And I'm sure it'll be a great time. And, um, he took, he had Bob Bob's a very solid guy as far as I could ever tell and and added that to the band like a, like a rock yeah okay yeah and uh, which is great and I'm gonna play another Jake song off of Bake Sale their fifth album released on Sub Pop Records also Tara Jane O'Neill plays on this this album as well yeah and yeah Tara is an interesting um, part of the Subbido story because Jason moved to Louisville. Uh, because he he was in a relationship with with Tara that you know eventually didn't work out, and uh, but, and she of course had a, you know she's a tremendous musician herself, but she makes a valuable contribution to I don't know if she's on this song but she drums on a few or, a few songs she's like a great bass player she was in Rodan
2: right of course yeah
1: yeah
2: um, <clears throat> and she later moved to Portland I think
1: yeah no, she's still there yeah and uh, she's probably you know she plays solo I'm not sure exactly you know what. What she's doing but she's she's active and a great musician herself and a great kid i, I say kid but now she's probably about 44 <laughs> like to yeah. me they're kids like right. you know yeah but uh anyways this is uh not a friend it's a jason lowenstein song off a of bake sale
2: isn't that isn't this a i thought this was a Lou song we'll play it and then we'll talk i think it's a Lou one okay but it's a good one regardless Definitely a loose song.
1: Yeah, I made a desperate error.
2: That's okay, but it's a beautiful yeah, song. You not
1: understand; it's a great song. And but I made an error. I, I wanted to play "Not Too Amused."
2: Well, let's play "Not Too." Instead of "Not A Friend," that's yeah, okay. "Not Too Amused" so, was the
1: song I was referring to. What, I love that song. I'm happy we played it. Like that's like a bonus. Th- that, but that I was trying. I wanted to play. I wanted to play "Not Too Amused." That is that, that is
2: a bonus. Uh, and and I'll even go so far as to say, I feel like that song is one of the best rock songs of the 90s. Like, that should have been a huge song. Not
1: a friend or not too amused. Not
2: not a friend. It's just... Oh, I'm
1: happy that we slipped that in. Yeah. That's, a, that's a happy accident. Buddy.
2: Yeah, okay, well, here you go. Not too amused. Yeah. This is, you're right, this is the Jason song. And, and I think Tara does I love, play... I love this song. I think Tara does play I love not
1: a friend, but like... Yeah, all right. I was very proud of Jake on this one. I was like, you know, because he's like my closest friend in the band. I was just like, yes, this is like, you know i think it might be like you know his biggest hit yeah
2: way. this is it's a yeah. this is a great song too yeah this is this is yeah. probably his best song i think from that album at least so yeah yeah
1: Song. well thanks for indulging me yeah. thanks for indulging me I'm, of course i love that song yeah it's uh, great live it's yeah great live.
2: and it really it's interesting you, you, we've played that's the third jason song we've played um you can see you can hear his progression as a songwriter from the earlier ones from sister and from flood to that song even just in the span of a year there was a year between those two
1: well, I'd, I'd assume that it's like confidence like yeah. and also like uh one great thing about Lou in the entire history of Sebado uh, is that he was always willing to pass the torch.
2: It was a very you know, democratic band, or at least it felt that way.
1: Uh, it always felt that way, especially, and that might be a reaction to his experience in Dinosaur. Right. But, like, who knows? Who, right. Who knows? Who knows? Who really knows the truth there? But, like, just about everybody had a chance to contribute. So, like, right. obviously, at some point along the line... You know, I know Jason well enough to know that he's not like, okay, I got to have like at least three of my songs on this record kind of guy. Right. You know, like, there's there doesn't have that kind of ego. Right. So he's like, and believe me, when they're not together, like, you know, they're preparing for their next recording, I assume even on the upcoming recording, which is coming out later this month on uh, Danger Bird record. Danger Bird. Are you familiar with this label? I guess they're I'm a not. big L.A. label I'm now. Not. Yeah, they're on, uh, so... Dinosaurs on on a new label. They're called Danger Bird, and the uh, the album is called Axe Surprise. And I'll end the show at, after you know you're done with your next uh, few songs with uh, And I'm done. Like uh, I'm just gonna play the their new single.
2: Okay. Dube. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, well, I wanted to play. I just wanted to play one more. I kind of feel like this is. Even though it was one of the first songs you know, recorded and written in eighty six, eighty seven on their first release, which was a tape only release, and then later reissued as vinyl on on Homestead from Weed Forest, and it's the last. Yeah, track. Weed
1: Forest has nothing to do with with marijuana. You know that. It uh,
2: it doesn't. No.
1: Oh. No, I think we always sort of assume that like uh, both Donisworth and, and Subido were like. Um, had a lot of songs about weed, right? But even like Weed Forensic's, like not about weed.
2: No, oh, interesting. Apparently not. You know? Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, I kind news, of to
1: yous. That. news to use, news to use. Um,
2: but this is, uh, you know, I mean, I think this is almost like, at least early on, I always thought of this as Lou's masterpiece from a
1: songwriting standpoint. Um, Whoa, and that's you know. Keep in mind, we haven't played any of the the big hits tonight.
2: Well, this is maybe one of them. And this is cyber
1: loser core like we right. you know
2: this is one. Uh, so I also like early on when I first got exposed to them, almost at exactly the same time, I got exposed to Superchunk's EP, uh, the freed Seed, where they covered four Sebado songs. And to me, that was also kind of a revelation. this is this is a a concurrent band covering, devoting a whole release to four cover songs of another concurrent band. Uh, I just, like, it, that stuff doesn't happen. Um, but I love... I
1: don't think there's anything wrong with that.
2: No, 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 no. I think it was, it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean it in a good way. Like, that's the sort of yeah. stuff that, like, I wish you'd see more of in terms of bands supporting each other. It helped... <laughs> It helped, I'd heard a little bit of Sebado, but it helped enlighten me. I was, I think at the time, more of a Super Chunk fan. It helped enlighten me to Sebado, made me go back and check out um, all of the earlier stuff because I'd only really heard Three and maybe the Asshole EP. I hadn't heard the early, um, like the, the Freed Man or Weed Forest in, until after um, I heard the Freed Seed, um, but... This song, I think, is is maybe you know he's got a lot of them, but this is arguably Lou's finest moment as a songwriter. Um, Whoa!
1: And, okay, well, it's oh, looking forward to, looking forward to hearing your choice.
2: Well, it's uh, it's brand new love. Uh, oh, that's classic. Which yeah, is yeah, you know it's, yeah. it's it's like this song could have been a hit. I'm surprised it has not been covered by somebody who's tried to make it a hit. And then of course. typical sabato style at the end they sabotage it with a bunch of noise we'll let it we'll let it play i mean we could cut it a lot of times when i would make mixtapes i would cut it so that you wouldn't get the noise that they added at the end but we'll 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 let it go um all right
1: we'll smash my head on the punk rock that's right
2: brand new love and uh (laughs) do you remember um from gimme indie rock what lou called indie rock uh, remember, not off the top. Do you my remember head. the line? So uh, we're
1: doing tri- what's his middle name? What's your trivia question? Oh, I don't know.
2: No, I don't know what his middle name is. I just I think yeah. of this all the time. His middle when name
1: is Knox, like Fort Knox, like Chris like, Knox.
2: That's great. No, I I'm, yeah. I'm not doing it as a trivia question. I just think it's a great description of indie rock, which is he called it the new generation of electric white boy blues.
1: Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> what it was. Yeah. <laughs> it just
2: always goes through my head. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh it's totally accurate Brand new love Sabado yeah. classic
1: Restless
0: eyes close Maybe it'll go away Please rest tomorrow Bring a satisfied day The restless urge of love That's worth the burn. Surely it's that one consuming love to give you more. Any thought could be the beginning of a brand new tangled web you're spinning. Any. Head. Thrilled you fell apart instead of them, they will. Any hope or love can be killed. If you need a different face, it's definite time.
2: So it ends there, but then it just keeps going.
1: Yeah, it does. <laughs> Check it while you wreck it.
2: Right, exactly. Lou yeah. Lou sabotaging it. Yeah. With a little dinosaur
1: tape.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah. But
2: I just love that that song. It's it little deep wound action. A little deep wound that's right. action at, at the end. Yeah, it starts so delicate, such a delicate oh, little delicate, song, yeah. and then it builds with the layered guitars. It's just a perfect little pop song. Well, as every
1: element of his, like uh, as his, you know, brilliance as a songwriter, really, you it know, does.
2: Like, it really does. Yeah, was, the amazing the lyrics. lyrics you know, yeah.
1: Th- it means you know it all comes together, and then you know the guy has hits, you know. But I mean, like, I think you know one thing we've covered about the breadth of the show tonight is is you know there's a lot of great songs there, and like, <clears throat> whenever you've made like hundreds of songs, I mean, you could be like picky about it, and like, I'm sure there's some, some of those songs that you know might be really valuable to them that you'd skip over. But uh, they're pretty much, like, uh, pretty much all good.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's something of, I, I, and I'll admit, um, I, the later stuff, like the post-Eric stuff, uh, you know, I have Harmacy. 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 Yeah. You know, I listened to Harmacy a little bit, but, but it's after got the, moments, it's got his yeah, moments. After it's a great that, title. I didn't, yeah, that's true. Um, from the sign where the P had fallen off. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of fell out of touch with them as a band. Um, and, and well, maybe, I, can t- I can
1: guarantee you this. Yeah. They're always good live. Oh yeah. In fact, one of the best, um, the best, live music nights in my life sometimes it all comes together like in a in a city like louisville um sun city girls played like a show i think it was at the art museum it was a very difficult night like i like it's one of those towns where like nothing happens for like a month and all of a sudden we have sun city girls and Sebado playing the same night at two different venues <laughs> so like you gotta like watch sun city girls for like an hour then you could like run over to this other place and see Sebado. and it was just like how much great music do we get tonight in two right. different venues
2: that's awesome and
1: both bands were brilliant you know and uh, I've never seen a bad Sebado gig no. out of like ten out of like 10 yeah in like you know three or four different countries or whatever and like, like uh, it's just I mean and again like they're on the road this is a band that like uh, they don't they don't stop
2: well and and I you're mean, gonna uh, you wanna end it with a brand new song I
1: haven't heard this one yeah they they take like their um they take you know i mean obviously lou does dinosaur now and like jason does his stuff and like but you know they they put it all on like Sebado's like incredibly active like you know
3: yeah
1: there's no there's no stop in them there's gaps you know like because they're you know hard-working people and um I guarantee you this they're, they're definitely writing songs at least Lou and Jake are right but this is a song called uh, Raging River I think it's their new single it's the first um, hint of like new music off uh, again their album Axe Surprise comes out here in a couple weeks on a label called uh, Danger Bird from Silver Lake Silver Lake in LA I haven't heard this, this... Is, uh, I'm excited Yeah, Raging River all right yeah. let's check it out sounds like an amusement park ride to me <laughs>
2: The Jason song, if I ever heard one, I like that. It's got a little Americana feel to
1: it. Jason has a good quote about that song. I um, hope it'll spin forward, but that's okay. It's something like, uh, hopefully, a, a great raging river will, will come through here. I don't know what he means with here, but he says in a statement, Lowenstein said, "Of raging river, wouldn't it be great if a big raging river came through here and washed away all the assholes?" So. <laughs> keeping it real Jason. Six, assholes <laughs> yeah. yeah what a bunch of assholes yeah that's still hear it but uh yeah so their first album in six years since wow. defend yourself and uh if you if you're fortunate enough to be in pittsburgh on may 22nd go see Sebado. that's the uh first show on their north american tour and okay. uh, i enjoyed that i did too
2: yeah uh yeah. I'll, I'll, i'm looking forward to hearing the whole album and um you know, we sp- we uh, I counted it up. We did sixteen songs tonight.
1: There you go. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's ten more than usual. But uh, <laughs> tip of the cap to Sebado for uh, you know providing you know, so many great tunes and great experiences over the yeah. years. Fantastic band.
2: Thank you, Bob, for um, for bringing these songs, and thanks everybody for listening. I I had fun tonight.
1: I oh, have a great night. Yeah, sleep well. Hopefully, Sydney sleeps well. Yeah,
2: for sure. Hi, right. right, hi, right, my friend. Thanks. Do it again soon.